You're listening to The Alan Carter Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to the program. Where do we possibly even begin on a story that seems to change not by the hour, not by the minute, but by the second? And we have new updates on the number of COVID-19 cases here in Ontario. This has just been updated now. 54 confirmed positive COVID-19 cases in Ontario. Five of them have been resolved. You heard in the news also about the Prime Minister. And this is the statement from the Prime Minister's office. Having recently returned from a speaking engagement in London, the Prime Minister's wife, Sophie Gregoire, Trudeau began exhibiting mild flu-like symptoms, including a low fever late last night. She immediately sought medical advice and is being tested for COVID-19. She is self-isolating. The doctor's advice to the Prime Minister is to continue daily activities while self-monitoring, given he is exhibiting no symptoms. However, out of an abundance of caution, the Prime Minister is opting to self-isolate and to work from home. Sheba Siddiqui with a quick update. I said 54 new cases. That according to the website from the Ontario Ministry. You have a new number on that? The newsroom has just informed me it's 59 cases at this point. 59 cases. And that, like as I've said, this situation and this story moves lightning speed. The moment you say one thing, it is something different entirely. And we know that the First Minister's meeting has now been cancelled. And that is where Doug Ford is today. He spoke earlier this morning along with Christine Elliott. Much of the Ontario Cabinet is actually in Ottawa for this meeting, which now will take place only by phone. And the question has got to be right now, where is the NHL? It is noon, seven hours from now. The Toronto Maple Leafs are scheduled to play a home game at Scotiabank Arena, against the Predators. Now, we know the NHL has advised clubs to forego morning skates and practices, and the league is advising against team meetings. The NHL says it plans some kind of announcement over the future of the season later today. We are watching that very closely. That may happen over the next hour. The Raptors... You've heard this now. They are all in self-isolation. Here's the statement from the Raptors. Since returning from Utah Tuesday morning, team members have made two public appearances. According to Toronto Public Health, being in close contact with someone who does not have COVID-19 but was exposed to someone with COVID-19 does not constitute a risk for getting COVID-19. They're in self-isolation, but pointing out they have been at events after that game in Utah in which they played against Rudy Gobert, the Utah Jazz player who has now been confirmed with COVID-19. And have you seen that video? Have you seen that? Of him at a press conference just 48 hours before his confirmation of having COVID-19, jokingly touching all the microphones before he leaves the room. (laughs) This is not a time for jokes. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I'm having a hard time feeling fine. I'm having a hard time. But we must remain calm and we must remain focused on the facts as we know them as they come out. A couple of quick updates here. You heard that Toronto FC has canceled as well. It is postponed. The Junos, nope. Done. Off. Canceled. 
And I know you're asking yourself the same question I think so many of us are asking, especially with March break around the corner. You may know if you're a listener to this program, I got a trip coming up. So should we go? Should we go? Should you go? Should you go south with your kids? Well, here is Doug Ford asked that very question this morning. Should you still go on your March break trip? Doug Ford. Change uh, at any day. But I just want the families and, and their children to have a good time. Go away, have a good time, enjoy yourself. And uh, we're going to be monitoring the, the situation as it changes every single day. But uh, I just want uh, them to enjoy themselves right now. Just, just enjoy yourself. It feels like the end of the world. It does. Yesterday, uh, the theme song for 2020 was Don't Stand So Close to Me by the Police. Today, I, I've moved it up to an REM. I've, I've escalated it to an REM song. Maybe now, you ought to keep a little distance. You've got to keep some distance from each other. It's all about the social distancing. Over the course of this hour, we are going to talk more about COVID-19. We are going to get to the facts of all of this. And I think i got to ask this question, because we have to be aware of not only the facts, but the risks. And here's the question I have. Time and time again, over the last 48 hours, health officials have said the same thing, that if community transfer is not already underway in Ontario, it is likely to begin. And if that is the case, then how is it possible at 12-12, with just hours to go until a home game by the Leafs that we're actually even considering having a crowd pile in to the Scotiabank? How is that even under discussion? Should we not, under an abundance of caution, just cancel everything? Should we do what other places have done and say no more groups of more than 1,000? In some places, they're saying no more groups than 250. Many medical experts are saying no more, no groups of more than 20. Canceled. I understand that this has a big impact, and, you know, I think by canceling these things, we don't necessarily just ramp up fear, if that's the concern on the part of officials, because everybody's concerned and trying to get to the bottom of it, but why do we not move forward over an abundance of caution to start saying no more large gatherings? They've already said the St. Patrick's Day Parade canceled this weekend. Here's Christine Elliott this morning announcing new testing centers for coronavirus so that you can go and get tested, you can find out whether or not you have COVID-19 without burdening the healthcare system and actually going to an ER. It's a separate facility close to the hospital. So it's really meant to take the pressure off the hospital emergency departments and to keep the people who may have COVID-19 separate from the general hospital population because you don't want it to be spreading there. That is Christine Elliott, who is scheduled to join me in studio tomorrow on this very program for an update on what is going on in the health department and the health ministry in this province. The premier was asked, should you not cancel all non-essential travel? He said, we're not there yet. And you heard him say, well, I want people to go and enjoy themselves. Have a good time. I, I tell you, if you, if you have a flight booked and, you just, and you're waffling, I think it's hard to have a good time. Because you don't know what's going to go on. I mean, you heard what the Premier said. It's changing every day, but go and have a good time. How much longer until the Leafs actually have something to say? I am not sure. 
Oh, here's the other thing I wanted to point out. And this, again, this is where I, yesterday I thought Doug Ford did a great job. You know, often I am very critical of the premier of his communication strategy. I think yesterday was a fine day for the premier who invited the leaders of the opposition into his office for a briefing on COVID-19, attempted to remain as transparent as possible, held another press conference, an impromptu press conference with the press uh, at Queen's Park, answered many, many questions, and absolutely he should be commended for that. But when asked about sick notes specifically about sick notes, because you know that's a big issue, especially if you're an hourly worker. Do you have to present some kind of evidence to your employer to say, I need emergency days, I don't feel well, I shouldn't be coming in? It's a very pointed question asked to the Premier today, and listen to this non-answer. Well, we've had this discussion with the Minister of Labour. Uh, we'll be talking about that in the future days, maybe in the future future weeks. But right now we're monitoring. Ed, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, we've asked uh, every single ministry uh, to update a uh, detailed risk assessment plan. So we have plans. We're just not going to tell you about them. And for a population that right now is looking for leadership, and, you know, we have it here. I, I want to be absolutely clear on, on this. The, the leadership of the health officials has been rock solid. Uh, you're listening to the medical officers of health and how they have dealt with this and the questions and the dumb questions from journalists over and over and over again. And to remain calm and not just say, okay, come, cut it out. I mean, they have done very well. We have great medical officials and expertise in this province, and we should be absolutely uh, calm and we should realize we have the professionals and we listen to the professionals. But at the same time, we have what is clearly community transfer. And yet we haven't got the kind of leadership that says, look, don't find yourselves in big groups. I'm wondering what's going on in the grocery stores today because I have just, I've had a quick look, scan through Twitter, trying to figure it out. And I've seen a couple of reports, people saying that there are huge lineups. Now, I don't know if panic buying is set back in, people back at the Costco again just going crazy. I tell you, I tell you this. You know what's happened in Italy where they've shut down all the stores? The only thing that is open are pharmacies and grocery stores. I have I have a couple questions. One, if something like that were to happen here and you worked at a grocery store, would you go to work? Like it's like oh, the government says, you, you, you know, it's, it's not safe to be in a bar or anywhere else, but hey, you know, make sure you go and stock the shelves at Loblaws. That will be problematic. I'm not suggesting that's what we're going to get to. But if that were to happen here, here's my next question. Does that mean the LCBO would be closed? Because forget toilet paper, people. I'm hoarding stock. Welcome back. The news is developing very quickly across this country and around the world with COVID-19. Ontario reporting today 17 new cases of COVID-19, including a baby under the age of one. All but two cases were contracted through travel, mostly in the United States, a few others to Spain, to Italy. Two of the cases right now say they're travel-related, but they have the word pending beside them. 59 is the number of confirmed cases in Ontario, but five of those have been resolved. And then there is this in the last few minutes from Jugmeet Singh, the federal leader of the NDP, uh, tweeting, 
Quote, friends, I am home today feeling unwell. I have been in contact with a doctor. They do not believe I have symptoms consistent with COVID-19, but their advice is for me to limit contact with the public until I am feeling better. And this follows news that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is self-quarantining after his wife developed flu-like symptoms after returning from a speaking engagement in London in the UK. So those are developments there. And all of those people are going to have to now figure out a way to work from home in self-isolation. That is something that you may be facing. And even if you're not in self-isolation, is your workplace saying to you, you know what, I think everybody's going to work remotely from home. More and more companies are doing precisely that. Is your company prepared? This from the Globe and Mail today. Technology companies, many of which already provide workers remote access, have fewer barriers to making the switch, while other office-based businesses are also putting together contingency plans and ramping up technological capabilities. The increased steps involve plans to address problems around confidential information, ensuring productivity, and helping employees deal with the potential mental health issues that may result from working at home for long periods. Now, one of the bylines on this story is Christine Dobby, who is the corporate law reporter for the Globe and Mail, and she is also my wife. And she joins me on the phone now. Hi, Christine. Hello, Alan. Uh, Are you working from home today? I am working from home today. Are you self-isolating? Well, the cat's here, so does that count? I don't (laughs) know. Tell me about your story and the reporting on whether or not companies are prepared for what you're doing, which is working remotely. Yeah, I mean, as as you said in the intro, technology companies, a lot of them are already set up for this. Um, and companies like my own, uh, reporters work from home often. Um, all we really need is a laptop and a phone. Um, but there's lots of companies that, that aren't prepared for that or, or haven't been prepared for that before. So they're looking at the kinds of steps they need to take to allow their employees to work remotely. And what kind of impact is this going to have? I noticed in your article you talk about mental health. How much of of that is a concern for companies? I think it's definitely a concern for companies because people being isolated from from their fellow coworkers can be really really challenging. We've been seeing a lot of jokes on Twitter about, you know, in in the journalism industry there's a lot of freelancers who work from home all the time. Um and they don't follow any of the recommended steps for <laughs> for keeping productive or eating healthy or remaining, you know, in good mental condition or they they jokingly say that they don't follow those steps. But I think there's going to be a lot of discussion about the steps that you can take to to stay healthy, essentially. Uh, I mentioned that you cover corporate law. Uh, There are a lot of law firms in this city. What are they doing to remain productive and actually be able to do their jobs? It's interesting with the law firms because they're seeing a surge in business right now because a lot of companies are consulting with with law firms on a number of matters related to coronavirus. Um, But the firms are also big employers themselves. And some of the firms that I've been speaking with um, have contingency plans in place for the lawyers as well as support staff, including legal assistants and law clerks, to work from home. Um, so that's, that's definitely something that a lot of firms have been talking about. It, it's harder, I think, when you get down to smaller firms that, that might not have, um, that might not have the same level of preparedness as the big firms that do employ 
one, 2,000 people across the country. And I know that uh, pretty much every company is having some kind of contingency meeting here at Global. There were meetings yesterday about, I mean, what happens if somehow, you know, we have to shut down the Chorus Key building or if we have to shut down the Barbara Green building, that is where the 530 News comes from. How will we continue to broadcast? All of those things are, are sort of being, you know, decided on the fly. There's a, a, a lot up in the air for so many companies right now, Christine. Yeah, I mean, as as you've, you've been talking about in your newscast, things are developing by the minute. This isn't even an hourly thing anymore. So uh, companies are needing to be flexible and, and really try and communicate with their employees as much as they can. And there's a, there's a fine line between communicating the information that employees need and over-communicating and scaring employees. Um, but, but it is something that companies are, are really trying to stay on top of. And for sure, people who work in HR are, are meeting about this constantly right now um, and really trying to respond to an evolving situation. I'm speaking with Christine Dobby, who is the corporate law reporter for the Globe and Mail, and I should mention that the paywall is down on all COVID-19 stories at the Globe and Mail. I believe the Toronto Star has done that as well, so you can read that uh, information, and that story is online right now. Uh, And I also mentioned that Christine is my wife, and I have talked a lot in this program about about a planned trip to Switzerland to go snowboarding. It's a family trip. I'm going with Christine and her father and her brother. And last night we had a family meeting. Uh, And what did we decide? We are not going. Sadly, we are all very sad about it. But it's the right decision to make. And we know that. And there is no travel advisory to Switzerland, and you may have heard in the last segment when asked about it, Premier Doug Ford said families should just go and enjoy themselves, um, but we're not going. No, I, and I think you've been a bit annoyed with me that I've been checking <laughs> the situation in Switzerland uh, constantly to the point where I've hit the paywall on a Swiss uh, news website. <laughs> um but it's it's not great there. They have a very high infection rate in Switzerland. Uh, they're they're very close to the to Italy. They they border on Italy, um, and also France and Spain have advisory travel advisories. Uh, it's just it's a it's a very um, it, also quick evolving situation, and it's it's not a great situation in Switzerland right now. Okay, so but here's the discussion we have because we we have this time booked uh, this time booked off. And then I said, well, what about maybe going somewhere else? What about, I don't know, Costa Rica? What do you think about that? I think you need to give me time to do my research and really freak myself out about going to Costa Rica. <laughs> I don't know what the infection rate is in Costa Rica yet. But you've said that you, would not get, you, you won't fly anywhere. I think it's becoming clear that it's, it's responsible not to, to travel at this point. I mean, and I'm not an expert on this, but that's just my opinion. I think there's a lot of people that agree with you on that, um, that travel at this point would just be, it, it would just be too much. Now, we talked last night, wh- where does this stand with your dad? Is your dad still going to Switzerland? He, he might be, because um, my uncle has some health problems. He lives in Switzerland, and my dad would like to go visit him um, to, to morale, for a morale boost. Um, and it wouldn't be as much of a concern if my father were to sort of get stuck in Switzerland because he could just stay with my uncle for a while um, and he can he can work remotely himself. Um, but there's concerns about, you know, whether it's safe to for, the, for, for him to travel and, and be around um, my uncle in case there are, you know, there are health issues. 
Yeah, these are, these are hard, hard discussions, and, and it, I think for a lot of people, there's been a lot of back and forth, and I know, you know, we, we have done nothing but talk about this and whether we're going and what it means, and, and, and when we sat and watched Trump last night, and then, you know, within the hour, we had Tom Hanks testing positive, and we had the NBA, you know, canceling or postponing the rest of the season, it, it's unnerving. It, it really is, and you really start to think about how to protect your community, right? Like, if, if you or I were to get coronavirus, it's possible it wouldn't be that bad, but, but we don't want to be giving it to other people, um, even if it's other healthy people, because you, know, you don't know who they're going to come in t- into contact with. Um, so it's just it's something that you just can't stop thinking about right now. How's our toilet paper uh, supply right now? It's, it's solid. It is, we have a strong toilet paper supply, but we're not hoarding. We just, uh, we've been responsibly stocking up. <laughs> That's right. Just one more thing per visit, as you've said. Just one, just one extra yes. thing per visit. Yes. I've been saying this for weeks, and yesterday you said, I think I'm going to start stocking up on one more thing per visit, as if it was a brand new idea. It is when I say it. It's, it's a brand new idea. Christine Dobby, uh, my wife, and also a journalist with the uh, Globe and Mail. This is the first time you've ever been on my show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm sorry it's taken the end of the world to have it happen, but I appreciate <laughs> you coming on. Thank you. A fast-moving story continues to move very quickly. Quebec's premier now asking all people returning to that province from travel abroad anywhere to self-isolate for 14 days, and the measure will be mandatory for all government employees. Ontario has not followed suit as of yet. The Prime Minister, as you've likely heard by now, is self-isolating along with his wife. And she's being tested for COVID-19 after developing flu-like symptoms after a trip to London. You have questions about COVID-19? Global News has been flooded with questions from readers, viewers, and listeners, and we've asked some of Canada's top medical experts to respond to your questions. Jeff Simple is a Global News reporter who joins me on the line. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Alan. Great to be with you. So what should I do if I develop symptoms consistent with COVID-19? That is the top question we're hearing from viewers and from listeners. Yeah, that's right. And obviously it's one that pertains to that example in Quebec and it pertains to the Prime Minister's wife, Sophie Grégoire Trudeau as well, uh, because what we're seeing now is is not necessarily everybody following the advice that we've been hearing from medical experts. We've been asking many questions that we've been getting from viewers over the last few days and weeks, and that's the big one, as you said. What do I do if I've developed symptoms consistent with COVID-19? So we're usually talking here about shortness of breath, a cough, a fever. Now, medical experts who we've been interviewing over the past few days say that, you know, are reminding people that this is the flu season, that, you know, these symptoms are shared by COVID-19 and other respiratory illnesses. And so it's still likely that you don't have COVID-19, even if you do have those symptoms. However, if you find yourself in one of the sort of high-risk groups, so if you have traveled abroad recently, particularly to those affected countries, Italy, South Korea, China, uh, increasingly the United States, and then you come home with those symptoms, and symptoms usually appear four or five days after 
after you've become infected, then you're going to want to contact your doctor. And the same thing goes if you've had direct contact with someone known to be carrying the virus uh, or if you have an underlying uh, health issue and you develop these symptoms. So I'd say in those three cases, you definitely want to give your doctor a call and, and try and get tested. Um, in other cases, you know, it's not worth, according to health experts, rushing to the emergency room necessarily if you're just dealing with a relatively mild cough um, or a fever or something like that because Jeff, it's still I, I more like... I should mention that the uh, Minister of Health for this province announced this morning that over the next couple of days... At Brampton Civic Hospital, Ottawa Hospital, North York General Hospital, McKenzie Health, Scarborough Health Network, and Trillium Health, there will be new assessment centers for testing so that people are not going to ERs and they are not burdening the health system further. Yeah, and, and I think that's the name of the game right now, right, is they just want to avoid, I mean, they'd love to test everybody uh, who feels a little bit sick, but it's just not realistic. So how do we prioritize here? Uh, I've heard of cases in the Ottawa Valley where they're now doing home testing. Uh, this is as simple as a, a nasal swab in some cases with a Q-tip. So, you know, it's quick, relatively easy to do, but of course they have to prioritize the people they're doing it with. Jeff, i got time for one more question, and this one is hard to uh, answer. What is or what are, pardon me, the chances of dying from COVID-19? Right, and that remains an open question. We don't know for certain how deadly this thing is. We do know that so far the global mortality rate, so the global death rate according to the WHO, is just over 3%. So just over three in 100 people who get this are expected to die from it based on that statistic. But health experts caution that that's probably inflated, that those numbers are based on the Chinese example when they were overwhelmed. They believe the mortality rate is probably closer to 1%. That's more like what we saw in South Korea, which conducted you know upwards of 10,000 tests a day, so a great case study there. So they believe 1% is probably more of a realistic number, but that's still 1 in 100 people and still way worse than the flu, which kills 1 in 1,000, Alan. So and a scary number, but uh, not as scary as some of the ones we might be, have been hearing. And keep in mind that the uh, that Christian Freeland yesterday said anywhere between 30 to 70% of the population of this country will likely be infected with COVID-19. Jeff Semple, uh, Global National Reporter. You can read his story online, and you're soliciting more questions, Jeff? That's it. Yeah, we've set up a special inbox. Please email your queries, yourquestions at globalnews.ca, and we will be putting them to, them to the experts every single day and posting the answers online, globalnews.ca slash coronavirus. Thanks very much, Jeff. Discovery. It's scary how people can just do something like that. You got a call. Yes. You know there are body parts. Yes. It's an obvious shock. I mean, even to a seasoned homicide investigator. A coordinated community effort to identify the victim. Get some water. That was an emotional moment. The new series that takes viewers inside some of Canada's highest profile criminal cases. Two adults were arrested and charged with first degree murder. It's a case we'll never forget. Crime Beat, Saturday on Global. A doctor from Italy writing for Newsweek is urging all of us as citizens to do what our leaders seem unprepared to do. Quote, if your government is hesitating, these restrictions are up to you. Stay put. Do not travel. Cancel that family reunion, the promotion party, the big night out. This really sucks, but these are special times. Don't take risks. Do not go to places where you are more than 20 people in the same room. It is not safe. 
it is not worth it. The past president of the Ontario Medical Association, Dr. Nadia Alam, tweeting this morning, In the meantime, we need social distancing as much as possible, close schools, cancel trips, postpone parties and gatherings and events. Dr. Alam is a physician working in Georgetown and joins me on the line. Hi, Doc. Hello, Mr. Carter. Thank you very much for having me on the show. You think we should close schools, cancel trips immediately? I think we have to start having a serious conversation of what social distancing can look like and why it's important. Um, We have seen examples where countries, governments, uh, physicians, community leaders, uh, and schools have worked together to implement social distancing policies, which can range from just avoiding unnecessary travel all the way up to full-on lockdowns um, to great effect to control COVID-19. And this is why we actually have to have a conversation about it. We've got March break coming up. A lot of families travel at this time. It is important not to travel to the hotspots for sure, but it's also important to actually reconsider and postpone travel to any and all places because we've seen instances where patients have tested positive for COVID-19 from areas that they thought would be fine. I want to play for you a response from Doug Ford this morning. He was asked specifically about marked break travel. Here is what the Premier had to say. Change uh, at any day, but I just want the families and, and their children to have a good time. Go away, have a good time, enjoy yourself, and uh, we're going to be monitoring the the situation as it changes every single day. But uh, I just want uh, them to enjoy themselves right now. Your response to that? He is correct that we are monitoring the situation every single day. I tend to take a more cautious approach to uh, social distancing and travel precautions. That said, the rules are changing every single day. We are following what public health is guiding us to do, public health in Canada, as well as Ontario's public health department. Um, And I know that every day they're coming out with new guidelines, new rules. And so it's important for parents and even people who are going to travel to stay up to date. Countries around the world are changing their rules. Countries that before were not on lockdown are now going on lockdown. So there is a risk of getting stuck. Um, Countries, Canada itself is changing its isolation procedures as we learn more about COVID-19. The important takeaway here is that this virus travels very quickly and the rules change daily. Parents, if they are going to travel, children, if they are going to travel, they're going to do so at their own risk. However, they must stay aware of what is happening in Canada, particularly if there is a risk that their one-week vacation might end up becoming a prolonged stay in a foreign country, or their one-week vacation may turn into a quarantine in, on Canadian soil. We're speaking with Dr. Nadia Alam, who is the past president of the Ontario Medical Association and a doctor in Georgetown. Here's my question. We have seen our officials say over the past couple of days that we should presume that community infection, if not underway, is about to get underway in southern Ontario. If that is the case, why not shut it all down now? 
in terms of large gatherings and do what we have seen in Oregon this morning, saying no more gatherings of more than a certain number of people. A number of places in North America have already put that into place. Do you think we should do it in Toronto and in the GTA? I know that a lot of companies from Deloitte all the way up to the Ontario Medical Association are talking about switching over to just virtual meetings, avoiding gatherings, etc. The NBA itself has suspended its entire season. The Raptors are all getting tested. This is going to have an impact on various parts of our lives. That said, it is important to stay calm. And this is where the announcement and the timing of such procedures, such processes like social distancing become very important. You want to do it before the full epidemic hits. However, you don't want to do it so soon that it totally halts the economy of a province, of a community, that sort of thing. Social distancing has graduated steps. And the public health uh, website actually talks about what that could look like. It could include anything from avoiding unnecessary travel all the way over to full lockdown procedures and full quarantine procedures. So there's, there's a spectrum. And this is where patients have to stay educated, stay on top of all of this, because news really is changing every single day. Now, I myself am advising my patients to avoid unnecessary travel where they can. I know it's disappointing to kids. I know it's disappointing to parents. But we've had instances like the physician who went to Hawaii, presumably a safe spot, who came back testing positive for COVID-19. So we know, we know that intermingling at airports and on airlines will increase your risk for catching the virus. We don't know how much it increases your risk. We don't have that data yet. But we know that it does increase your risk. And Ontario has just spent a flu season where our hospitals have been over 100% capacity for a number of days. We need to use our healthcare resources wisely. Do you think our hospitals are ready for a, a possible surge in positive cases? I know our hospitals are trying to be ready, but this is where society must step up. This is where it is our social responsibility to flatten that curve, right? Instead of having a sharp surge in cases, overwhelming local resources, we want to flatten that out. We want to smooth it out a bit so that while people, while the same number of people may get sick, they get sick over a longer period of time. So we have time to prepare. We have time to treat them. We don't end up in positions where we have to make terrible decisions between who to treat and who not to treat. Dr. Nadia Alam is the press president of the Ontario Medical Association and a doctor practicing in Georgetown. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Mr. Carter, for raising this important issue. The question, though, right now is, where is the NHL? We are now just over six hours from a scheduled game here in Toronto, a Toronto Maple Leaf game, and still no word from the NHL. The league says it will update the situation, and there have been some reports, not confirmed, that they will follow the lead of the NBA and suspend games, but yet we do not know. Here's what else we know. Doug Ford, now on his way back to Toronto after the cancellation of the First Minister's meeting in Ottawa, after the report came out that Justin Trudeau and his wife are in self-isolation. David Aiken joins me on the line from Ottawa. David, what's the latest from there? 
Yeah, well, actually, that's news to me, Alan, because I've been busy trying to find out what's going on with the prime minister. And what is going on is this. His wife, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau, uh, was in the UK recently. She had a speaking engagement overseas. She came back and she developed flu-like symptoms. So she is having or had the COVID-19 test and she is in self-isolation. Now, the prime minister reports not feeling any symptoms, feeling fine. But uh, as he told Canadians yesterday to do, don't come to work if, you know, your spouse is is sick. So he is at home and he's going to be doing video conference, teleconference uh, for his work. But of course, Trudeau was hosting, was supposed to host the premiers at a first minister's meeting that was going to get together this evening and tomorrow. The in-person part of that is now over. And there you go. Doug Ford is headed home. I think Premier Horgan from B.C. was on his way in. Uh, Premier Kenny from Alberta is here already. He just get, finished giving a speech about uh, 20 minutes ago. So we, we don't know exactly um, how or when uh, the first ministers will talk to each other. Of course, they could do it by phone. Uh, it's always better if they do it in person. It's it's it, The meeting goes a little better. But there's a lot of short-term issues, obviously, first ministers have to deal with. COVID-19 and the economic fallout, that was on the agenda uh, for their meeting. But so were some long-term issues. I mean, you probably heard the, the Premier this morning, uh, Premier of Ontario, Doug Ford, saying, you know, Ontario wants to lift that health care uh, escalator from the current 3% jump every year to 52 too. That was a it's a big ask for uh, for Ontario. The, the Premier Ford saying we got 250 infrastructure projects that are ready to go if only the feds will sign off on them. And uh, the Premier has some issue around economic migration quotas. So there was some important tasks, important issues that Ontario had to get to at this first minister's meeting. I presume they're going to get to those in some other way. And of interest at the press conference that that Ford had here in Ottawa this morning, just following up on the guest you just had, Alan. We asked him about March break, and Ford said, go have a good time, everybody. Relax. You know, it's important you get away and have a good time, and we'll be working hard while you're away. And, uh, uh, so that's David, a little bit of messaging that's odds with the medical authorities. Uh, to contrast that with what Quebec just announced. Uh, Quebec now asking anyone yeah. traveling abroad for, to self-isolate for 14 days upon return, and the Premier of Ontario says, go have a good time. Yeah, it seems, and, and here's the other big contrast. You mentioned that we got a Leaf game coming up in a, few, in, in a couple hours. Francois Legault saying, I don't care what the NHL does, the next Montreal Canadiens game is being played without anybody watching it. it that's Legault's rule. The Premier of Quebec saying, even if the NHL doesn't cancel games, I'm not letting anybody fill up the forum or the Bell Center or whatever it's called now in Montreal. So that's obviously a very different approach to things that the Quebec Premier is making. And here's the other interesting thing. One of the things I'm sure that they were going to talk about, the the first ministers, what should we have some rules about gatherings of big crowds? You probably know in France, France, the federal government there has banned uh, the gathering of a crowd of more than 5,000 people. But here, the federal government has preferred to say that's a decision for provincial or regional health authorities. You, you at that level know better. You know better about what uh, stresses your system can handle. You make the call. So in this case, in Quebec, Legault's made the call. Nobody at Canadians home games. I don't know why the call hasn't been made about uh, Air Canada's, or sorry, Scotiabank Center now. I'll get my arena names right with the Leafs, because <laughs> the Raptors and the Leafs use the same place. Yeah, and well, we know what the Raptors are doing right now. They're all sitting at home playing video games for the next right. 14 days. They're all self-isolated, and here we go. We still don't have yeah, exactly. any word from the NHL with just hours to go. David Aiken reporting from Ottawa. David, I appreciate you being on the program. No problem, Alan. Cheers.